In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6600. There we go. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6600 XT review and DDR5 Hada. (laughs) I didn't know where to cut. That was funny. Welcome to episode 187 PC of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Oh, I was going to say Elena, but Elena is not here. And Patrick Murray, though, is controlling the horizontal and vertical. Or, or as we said, uh, called it in the, the, the pre-show, the horizontals. You know, if you just want to be quick about it, right? That, that yeah. could work. Yeah. Since no one knows what work. it is anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they do. You know, if you if you... If ever understood Gordon's reference of the horizontals and verticals, please say it in the comments now if you get it, uh, because we're, we're we're curious. We were talking about it in the pre-show. Did you ever? Well, I guess you probably never did. Did you, did, you, did you ever actually have to adjust the horizontal or vertical back then? I'm not even going to say what it is. Let people figure it out. Uh, not not in the traditional, you know, grab a screwdriver and <laughs> and and twist some knobs kind of thing. No, no, no that. I was also never uh, as part of my my career or anything, but uh, my esteemed colleague Willis is here to to shadow me for today, uh, and and I have something, Gordon, that uh, that uh, that that I need to be presented with. Uh, we've talked about this for a while, but I, I've I've officially oh, oh look at that it's all fancy and brand new. It's Let a me... it's a is it a hold on WW oh I can't all right I won't look. Oh man, it's, uh, it's really taped in there. Oh, there we go. All right, cool. This is great for audio listeners. Uh, Gordon, you know, a couple months ago we had a uh, a big uh, discussion about who uh, who was going to win. You know, who, what's the better movie, Alien or Aliens? You put a poll out there, and uh, and the people spoke. Alien uh, is the the better movie. So I've been pre- presented the uh, the gold belt right here. I, I am the winner of uh, mm. <laughs> of this of this. Uh, this championship uh, for this one, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do the whole show like this, like they do in the the wrestling, right? Yeah, they never put on the belt, do they? They always wear it over the shoulder because it doesn't fit. I'm sure it's because Vince McMahon takes it back after the. He, he the, probably the does. He's like, like, yeah, oh, come on. The, the second they get off the stage, he's he's like, come on, give give that back to. It's the just mind, like actually. George Lucas. He comes out, okay, turn in those lightsabers. <laughs> you don't get to keep that. Uh, I, I will say this, George. Uh, <laughs> I've done nine movies. Uh, this, this, uh, this belt, uh, provided by a friend of the show, VC Jester, pretty good. It says, uh, it engraved with the, the full nerd, I'm right, in quotes, uh, <laughs> world champion. So wh- whoever is right in the future will, will get this belt. Right now, I'm, I'm right. Alien is the better movie. So I, but I go. see the smaller badge actually has a call out to Prometheus. Uh, no, it just says worldwide <laughs> dominator, global undisputed champ. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's 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 pretty good you know it feels good to be on top right now you know who knows if i will continue to be on top but at least you know at least i'm there right now it was most people just voted against against aliens being the better movie because they just simply wanted to anger me which is fine you can have protest votes they really did not actually like alien more than aliens listen <laughs> hey even if it's a technicality winner's a winner so. that's true I, I agree with that i would not say <laughs> sorry i can't hear you over the sound of all my blues says adam <laughs> yeah no no it's, it's exactly fine. Uh, i i i accept that uh you know i lost even though you know come on i i you know and actually i i have a moral high ground i think because it just proves 
what can be very wrong about uh, audience uh, participation in such things <laughs> when they vote for things that clearly there's a clear injustice and they vote for it. That's <laughs> that's our history is replete with that. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see in the future. Uh, one thing uh, I think the audience wants to know about uh, is is about the Radeon RX sixty six hundred XT. Is that is that the champ? Is that the ten eighty p champ? Right now, Brad, tell us about it. Well, the Radeon RX 6600 XT is not going to be claiming any awards anytime soon. Uh, At least not from us. Uh, How am I? How how do I say this? (laughs) It's a good graphics card for today's crazy market. Like, it really is a creature of the times, hopefully. Uh AMD in the lead up to this hyped it up as an epic 1080p gaming card, and it very much is. It's $379, which is a lot of money for a 1080p graphics card. Uh, five years ago, I praised the Radeon RX 480 for delivering excellent 1080p gaming in 1440p, you know, with solid high settings. Uh, that's basically what this card offers, uh, five years later for twice the price. So it, it's really, really hard to fall in love with it. Uh, if you need a 1080p graphics card for a high refresh rate monitor, like by all means, tomorrow is the day that the stock drops. Go out there, try to get it. You can get this card for $379 right now. You'll be thrilled with it. Uh, but yeah, it's. Yeah, a disappointment in general. I guess I give it three stars because it exists, which, I mean, that's good these days. But, yeah, at $380, it's just, yes, it does beat the RTX 3060, which is theoretically $330. And the real world is closer to $500 plus. Uh, But at $380, it's only $20 less than the 3060 Ti. In the real world, again, that card is going for seven to eight hundred dollars. Uh, but if prices ever return to sanity, the thirty sixty Ti is definitely a better buy. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I mean, there's um, we have a uh, your article that, that came out on PC World, digging into the benchmarks. You should go read it; great article. Uh, Keith also did a uh, kind of a companion piece. It's not a, a full review. I mean, it, it's kind of his his take on 1080p gaming how the 6600 XT falls in there and his thoughts. Good video on our channel. Go watch it. Um, but, you know, of course, the first thing a lot of people are, are, are bringing up is uh, how can anyone even compare MSRP right now? Things are so inflated. But, I mean, I think you just said it. There's the MSRP, but even at MSRP, even in the best case scenario, it's it's uh, it's kind of a weird spot. And then, you know, of course, it just gets exaggerated from there. So... Yeah, it's it's a hard one. Oh, it, yeah, it's but, go ahead. And to be specific, you you reviewed the uh, Strix. Sorry, what what was the model yes. again? I I reviewed the Asus Rog Strix sixty six hundred XT, which charges an extra hundred and I think seventy dollars over that. Its MSRP is five hundred and fifty bucks, which for a ten eighty p graphics card. I mean, it's a very good card. It's very cool. You can hear the noise. It gets so cool by having the fans up high. Uh, but yeah, 550 bucks for a 1080p graphics card. It's just make me wince. Yeah. I mean, no, I get it. It, it, it's, it's just sort of, it's a bad situation, but I, you know, and and I think think, I've been saying this all year though. It's, 
I know people aren't excited, but can you really blame anybody? I mean, you know, it's just the market situation right now. Yeah, not whatsoever. I mean, at this point, it is what it is. AMD in press briefings with journalists try to explain, and, you know, memory prices have doubled. You know, there are all these component shortages, et cetera, et cetera. Logistics are still crazy. Uh, but, I mean, 379 is more realistic, I think, for what it actually is. I think NVIDIA's MSRPs are ambitious for what the world is today. I think AMD's is a bit more realistic, and it gets them more money, which, you know, they've been trying to do forever. Right. Uh, they've been doing very well at it the past few years. And honestly, I think that Asus's Rugs Trix MSRP is even more realistic. I think you will see these selling for more than $550 on the streets. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this winds up being six or seven hundred bucks, and at least that high pricing lets most of that go to Asus and AMD rather than scalpers or, you know, retailers who want more money. Uh, but it's still a bummer. Uh, the RX fifty six hundred XT, which this card is replacing, offered the exact same thing at the time: excellent ten eighty p performance. You could screw around in fourteen forty p if you want; it'd be all right. Uh, that launched at two seventy nine. Uh, so $100 less than the MSRP of the 6600 XT. At $380, the 6600 XT basically splits the difference between the RX 5700 and 5700 XT. Uh, did you actually grab that chart that Keith made, Adam? I did. I, I can Is there any chance you can put that right up? now. Let me... Yeah, so if you look that. at that, uh, Keith basically took the 11-game average of the 11 games that I benchmarked it with, stuck the 6600 XT as 100%, and everything else is based off of that. Uh, the orange bars are 1080p performance. The blue bars are 1440p performance. Uh, and as you can see... The Radeon RX 5700 XT offers practically the same performance for practically the same price, you know, whatever it's been two or three years later. So, you know, that's not very inspiring. Uh, You know, AMD would say this is the 6600, so it should be compared to the 5600. But in the real world, you know, we're talking $400 graphics cards. And both of those are $400 graphics cards offering the same stuff. So it's hard to get excited about it. Uh, if you can find any of these cards, the MSRP, obviously hop on them. That's, you know, the theme of the year. But if for whatever reason the world straightens itself out, all these cards are available at MSRP. 3060 Ti for $20 more is clearly the much better buy. It's 20% faster at 1080p, 26% faster at 1440p. Uh, that's worth talking about. AMD pitched this as an epic 1080p graphics card you know, through all the marketing, through all the communication with the press. And they actually, like, really specifically tuned the card for 1080p. So it has, as part of it, it's an RDNA 2 uh, GPU. So it has AMD's new Infinity Cache, which kicks butt for all sorts of reasons. It's essentially an on-die cache that keeps the GPU from having to communicate out to the memory for certain amounts of the workload. Uh the one on the 6900 XT in the 6800 series, that targeted 4K gaming, and those got 128 megabyte Infinity Cache. The 6700 XT targeted 1440p gaming and had a 96 megabyte Infinity Cache. AMD tuned the 6600 XT, which is, again, a $400 graphics card, you know, in the best case scenario, 
for 1080p gaming, and it only gave it 32 megs of Infinity Cache, so a third of what you find in 6700 XT. Uh, so you can tell kind of looking at, at these charts, the card performs much better at 1080p or better at 1080p than 1440p because Infinity Cache is tuned for that. However, if you want to bump the resolution up to 1440p, because uh, the cache is tuned for 1080p, it has a successful hit rate, they call it, is much lower. So it needs to start going out and talking to the GDR6 memory much more. Uh, but one of the benefits in this case may be sort of a hindrance for the way AMD is configuring RDNA2 cards is they become much more power efficient because using Infinity Cache lets them use smaller memory bus widths to communicate to the GDDR6. And so once you bump it up to 1440p, uh, it's not getting the, the as full as the hit rate as it does at 1080p. And AMD only outfit this card with 128-bit bus, which is very narrow. Uh, so, yeah, performance falls back quite a bit at 1440p. Uh, it seems like it does when you enable ray tracing as well. I need to do more testing. Ray tracing is also very memory bandwidth intense. Uh, just for reference, the 6600 XT has a 128-bit uh, bus. The 5700 XT had a much wider 256-bit bus. <laughs> so as you can see, it's 98% of the performance of the 6600 XT. Uh, well, question I have. So, okay, so... That's weird and a bummer about 1440p. Uh, but say, you know what? Somebody's on 1080p. 1080p rules the world. They're going to stick there. Mm -hmm. They have a high refresh rate panel. Could this, uh, can can you at least maybe guess what this does for 1080p gaming in two, three, four years? Like, will that continue or will that become uh, a problem there as well? Or is it always just going to be good at 1080p? I think it'll always be. I wouldn't be worried about this for 1080p at all. It has 8 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory. Uh, it has that infinity cache that's tuned specifically for that resolution. Uh, and I, I think it'll be fine for 1080p. Even high refresh 1080p. It's, it's kicking butt for that right now. Like, uh, Really, the 6600 XT is really, really good at one thing. It's really, really good at high refresh rate 1080p gaming. If you're going to bump up to 1440p, you know, go for the 3060 Ti if you can find one. If you're not having a high refresh rate monitor, if you have a 60 hertz monitor, I would spend much less money than this and get a cheaper option if you can find one. So this is like that one niche for it, and it does it really well. How high of a refresh rate can you can you hit? You got a feel for 240, 360 up and higher, or is it sort of where's it running? Uh, if you're you know, if you're playing esports, I think you could get up like that. I didn't, you know, test the outer limits of that. Actually, I have, uh, we have the review that went up today, and I have two more going up this week, so we're going to have evaluations of a bunch of different cards going up soon. I haven't looked at the reception the card has gotten out there, but I, I do wonder, I mean, this I mean, is Groundhog Day, because every time there's a new card launch, everybody just does their frowny face, you know. I mean, but I'm looking at eBay, and a, and a stupid 1063 gig is $250 your best offer, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If some of the the belly aching is. I mean, I know people are, are are grumpy, but sometimes it's just like, man, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, look at Zotac, uh, ten sixty card, six gig, is three forty. Buy it now, right? And then here's, 
I know people are, oh my God, it's 500 yards. But look, Radeon RX 488 gig, $340. Mm. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that was like, what, $100 at a certain point? So, no, I, I understand people want to be I, angry, but I, sometimes I just, I just think the price has to be separated from it because it's, you sort of, would you rather have, would people rather have you buy some older, moldy piece of junk or, you know, better to get a, a 6600 XT, you know? So, yeah, I totally understand that. And it makes it really weird to review graphics cards these days, to be honest, because I'm very much aware of that. Like, I tried to balance my review to say, hey, man, this pricing is a bummer. You know, five years later, you're spending 400 bucks to get great 1080p. It used to cost 200 bucks. That being said, with the world being what it is today, if you have been struggling to find something, you can find one of these for 379 bucks. Yes, it's a bummer that it costs that much, but go get it because you're not going to find it cheaper. Yeah. Today's part. But I still think it's worth pointing out that creeping up of pricing because it feels like AMD is more mirroring NVIDIA's price points these days uh, rather than, you know, pushing price performance forward like it used to. And if you remember with Turing, so the 20 series, NVIDIA moved all its pricing up a stack. So, you know, that's why cards cost so much right now. It used to be you could get a 1080 Ti for 700 bucks. Now a Ti card costs 1000 1200 bucks. Uh, it feels like AMD is mirroring that. And I think it's worth being vigilant and bringing this up because if these stick with us in the future, it's worth pointing out objectively that, hey, it sucks that we're spending $400 on the 1080 graphics card now. Hmm. Yeah, I, but I also think that it's... It it is in all likelihood, hopefully temporary. You know, I do think, you know, in two years, twenty four months, people will just look back on this, and and you people want to remember, just like when the, the previous inflation from the the mining blew everything out, and then suddenly people like, oh, you know, they just they everybody quickly forgets the bad times. It feels like so. I I think, but I, I am concerned that it is bad for pc gaming it's bad for everybody because now you got people are like you know what i ain't building a pc because it's not worth it and and i and then the more concern to me is the the newcomers you have a new generation and the parents are like eh, four or five hundred like the entry-level graphics card is four hundred dollars well right? no five hundred dollars that's the theoretically four hundred dollars yeah uh another thing worth mentioning is that there's no reference card for for the 6600 xt so for the other products in the Radeon 6000 series lineup, uh, AMD offered a reference card and sold it through AMD.com, so it anchored the price a bit. Uh, this, which as is common with lower-end launches, although I would argue that $400 is not really lower-end, uh, is being handled by AIBs alone. And AMD says that there will be $379 models available from some of those AIBs. But as we can see, you know, (laughs) I got sent the wrong tricks and that cost $550. You know, some of the other reviews that I've seen. Hold on. The wrong tricks one at MSRP is $550? Whoa. Yeah. And looking, I have other ones that are much less. And looking at, I can't talk about those quite yet, but. Looking at other reviews around the web today, people got all different models from re- for review, and and you know the higher pricing is, they're all mostly luxurious models. So as we've seen in other GPU launches during this pandemic, uh, yes, there might be one or two 
MSRP price models at that 379, but expect vendors to instead focus on these higher end models so they can get their slice of the pie too. So, and it's just real hard. This is 550 bucks to say, go buy this over an Xbox. It's hard to say. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to cost damage. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was talking about this with Keith too. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, I, I feel like most of us in, uh, you know, if, if you already have a card, if you have, if you're sitting on a 1080, right? Classic 1080 or something, you know what? Just keep sitting on it, right? Try, try to weather the storm. I, I really think this is boning the new people who want to get in on PC gaming because yeah. I think about my first personal system. Obviously, I'm a, a more of a newcomer. It was a, I, th- I think it was a uh, 2500K with a, a 470. I think it was like 750, you know, or I'm sorry, it was a 460. So that card that we have back there, the EVGA one. So, you know, it's like I, I was able to get in on PC gaming. I was just doing 1080p with a 460 for, you know, 700 bucks. Wow, that's crazy to think if I were to to want to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get it on the ground floor, build something, you know, nice and simple. Like, that's just horrible. That's that's hard. Yeah. And the really Impossible. bad thing is you're turning a, a whole generation of people away, possibly. Although I, sometimes I don't think it really matters for the ones who can, you know, who can twist their parents' arms on it. Because I, I still know that PC gaming is the hottest thing among young people, right? Because they all want to do that. It's not... Where's Elena? Elena's ears will be burning. It's not about consoles for the people who, you know, that's, I, I really believe that's, that's where the, the excitement yes. is. But I, I think this is, it will feel it in a couple of years because people just may be totally turned off of it. So, although right, I, that's the cruelty, right? Because I've mentioned this before. My, my ex works at an elementary school and she has for a long time. And kids know what I do there. And every now and again, I'd get random questions. But since this pandemic began, I've had double digit amounts of kids being like, yo, what should I get to go play Fortnite? I want to play Fortnite with my homies. You know, I want to go play Apex Legend with my homies. What do I need to get to get that? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these kids are genuinely interested in getting into PC gaming. They're loving it. They're enjoying it. And there is no reasonably cost option unless you perhaps get one of those new 5000 series APUs. And even still, I mean, those are a whole lot more expensive than they used to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I think I'd say, you know, if there is a saving grace, I would say at least I I think we're all in the boat where we have people asking us about, you know, how to get in and stuff like that. And there are people who have upgraded either the 20 series or, you know, got their hands on a 30 series at MSRP if if they could. That one of the great things about PC gaming and and PC building is that you can repurpose old stuff. So, you know, I mean, if, if you have the option to buy an older card from you're like, hey, I upgraded. I have this older card sitting around not doing anything. You know, maybe that's a saving grace where people are doing a lot more like handing down cards or, you know, being able to kind of kind of pass cards on to, to newer generations. But I mean, yeah, it's it's still it's hard. Here, here's my question, though, is because I mean, clearly AMD, as, as you point out, is following NVIDIA's footsteps on higher pricing, whether that's related to memory and supply and tariffs, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. But how much does this really set uh, set it up for Intel to, to come in and be a hero on, on graphics? Or, I mean, GDR6 ain't cheap for Intel either, but you could imagine that, you know, if you're the newcomer that's breaking into something you've never been in before um, successfully, that this is a good time to make a splash and just 
you know what? We're going to be heroes. Get everybody out there. You want to get as much market share as possible. And frankly, it's not a big deal to them on consumer side, right? I mean, definitely for data center, they, they want their GPUs in there. But I could really see Intel being a huge hero if they have a card that is, say, a 6600 XT or a 3060 competitor for, what, $300? Realistically, can they yeah. I mean, actually sell it at $300? So, like, here's MSRP and actually have supply. It really, I mean, you know, traditionally, um, AMD and NVIDIA like to, you know, jump on their competitors. I, I can't see NVIDIA also wanting to, like, they don't want to let Intel get into to gaming. So they're they're going to do what they can to, to crush whatever XE is going to come out at. But the only thing that seems to matter today is price. So yep. is NVIDIA really going to come down and you know, flood that price zone where Intel's could play or they just going to, well, we can't do it. It's just, it's too rich for our blood. You know, what do you think? Yeah. I think it's not just price. It's also availability. Uh, and I think NVIDIA has inroads there as well. Uh, I agree a hundred percent with everything that you're saying. I think there's a very real chance like Intel is already called Chipzilla. Don't forget. And that's just on the CPU side. They make insane amounts of money, insane amount of profits. If they really want to push into consumer GPUs and like be the hero, like you're saying, I would not be shocked to see them subsidize it to some degree, like they've done with marketing in the past for other companies to get a foothold in this market and do come out and charge $300, you know, 330 bucks. If this 6600 XT was $300, we'd be having a much different conversation right now. Uh, and if Intel is able to do that, I mean, I, I would not be shocked if they did. I would love it if they did. But they're still, like, I would be shocked to see their graphics cards launch for the desktop this year. Really? Uh, I, I get the, Yeah. They were saying 2021 is the year where it starts to come out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it in laptops. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we get an announcement at CES, but just with the way the pandemic's been and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets bumped to early next year. And six months from now, as we six months ago, like the world can be in a very different place. So, yeah, but I would think that's right now is the perfect time to break into the market because people are so desperate to get a graphics card. And yep. in six months of like everything's like, you know, <laughs> gets closer to normal and people aren't freaked out over getting anything. That's that's not the time you want to go to fight with NVIDIA, right? With if you're Intel, you want to fight now or NVIDIA. What are they going to do? They're running at capacity. They, I mean, what are they? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I just and I would be bummed. I that, guess I'd be bummed. Yeah, me too. And especially if that does happen, if you know the crypto boom busts or whatever, and six months from now we could have a bunch of used cards on the market too. So you'd also be fighting against that. So I think that if Intel was going to do something like that, like as soon as possible would be the time and they very well could be the hero. So I'm very, you know, interested to see how those graphics cards stack up and how much they cost whenever they happen to launch. Yeah. I really hope it doesn't come out as an OEM only kind of thing. We're like, Hey, you know what? We're selling you whatever Lake chip and we'll sell you these two. And, you know, you get a whole deal on everything and, and then sort of lock out sort of like that DIY. Cause it feels like, you know, retail DIY is where they can make the biggest impact to make them, you know, to, to win the mind share more than, I mean, OEM I know is good for business, but to me, this, the play is to just like, wow, people like, I mean, you imagine if you, if you could only buy a graphics card, 
that yeah that would knock my socks off and i would love it <laughs> uh and it would be right back to where we were five years ago which is the bummer of this whole conversation but yeah. uh we talked about this in the past i think intel has a big opportunity to bundle graphics cards with chips in pre-built systems and make some sort of marketing blitz around there offer subsidies in that way i think that'd be smart for them that being said i think that to generate excitement and to get hype it needs to be diy yeah. like enthusiasts are not going to get pumped about a product that they can't buy short of buying a two thousand dollar pre-built desktop so i think diy needs to be the tip of that spear do you think people will hold? I know we've kind of shifted from AMD to Intel over a part that we don't even know is going to come out, but I, <laughs> I think that to me is the funnest aspect of all this because it's a third player. Do you think reviewers, do you think the community, if you want to large loosely call it that, is will be accepting of driver issues or kind of like these weird little, you know, it's, a, it's new for them. So their games may not be the best immediately. I mean, you think people are going to be more forgiving or they're just going to be just harsh and say, and ignore? Uh, well, my harsh answer as a critic and a person who personally spends hundreds of dollars buying technology gadgets is uh, you're a multi-billion dollar company. Sort your stuff out. Uh, that's always kind of been my answer when like when, you know, AMD's had some toothing, teething issues and videos had issues before. Uh you know, you're so, you sold me this for hundreds of dollars. Uh, you make billions of dollars. Uh, if it doesn't work properly, I'm going to complain about it, and I'm going to let you know. And I think that should be the case for any product, any brand, really, anything that you buy. Yeah, no, and I agree. And, you know, frankly, it's one of those things that it people always go like, hey, this thing doesn't run so hot on, you know, XC right now entirely, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I get those complaints from some people. So, but I, I just wonder. It if, will take time. It will take time. And that's kind of like, but, you know, if you're looking at a $300 1080p card versus a $560 1080p card, I, I may just accept those bugs and hope, hope yep. to God they fix them in time. Right. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, and Intel, I, I would have faith that something like Intel would fix problems pretty quickly that come up like that yeah. as well as they can. They well, have a lot of developers. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I I think the 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 counterpoint to that I always get is like, well, yeah, but this bug has been in this forever, right? So that's yeah. <laughs> Adam, uh, I do have a uh, a question from Drew Spider to get back to the six six sixty six hundred XT. Um, did Brad do any PCI three versus four testing? Uh, hardware unboxed found uh, up to twenty five percent performance difference in worst case. Yeah, no, I did not do any of that testing. I did watch that video from Hardware Unboxed, and that is both interesting and worrying. Uh, so basically, it has eight PCIe lanes rather than 16, uh, which on a PCIe 4.0 system, like the Ryzen 5900X system I'm testing on, uh, or a modern Intel system, you know, whatever, eight PCIe lanes, more than enough. Uh, but dropping back to... An older, you know, PCIe 3.0 system, which isn't really older at all. I would guess that probably 90% of gamers out there are using PCIe 3. Uh, the decision to drop down to eight lanes, as Hardware Unbox showed, uh, can have uh, performance impact. So that is something I want to dig more into, actually, because Gordon and I were just talking about PCIe lanes yesterday, actually. Uh, and... 
I think it's really important to be vigilant for that. And I might actually unretire our 8700K system in the future. <laughs> if I see that, you know, uh, a particular product is configured with only eight PCIe lanes, so I can test it on PCI 3 and PCI 4 because <laughs> you can't only focus on the newer, newest hardware. And everyone should go watch that hardware unbox review today. The PCIe testing is towards the end. They have the chapter marks. Definitely check it out. Did they say what the rationale was for going with eight lanes? No, they didn't. It was not mentioned uh, overtly whatsoever. Huh. Interesting. Because, I mean, I've seen that on mobile, but, yeah. it, you know, that's usually done because, yeah, this is a 3060 mobile part. You know, you, the power you're eating to light up all 16 lanes is not worth it. So, but on a desktop part, that kind of is odd, you know? AMD did it once before, right after. Ryzen 5,000, 4,000, 3,000. Ryzen 3,000 came out with PCIe 4. One of their very, very entry-level parts. I forget the part. 5,500. Uh, RX 5,500 only had eight lanes. Uh, again, for PCIe 4, that's fine. But most people who buy these cards aren't plugged into a PCIe 4 system. So I, so I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm not understanding. Why, why, is it, why is it a bottleneck on 3 and not on 4? Because it doesn't three support eight lanes already. Well, it's eight. It does, versus... but it's much slower. Yeah, because oh, six... got it, got it. Okay. Uh, sixteen lanes because it's it's half right. So sixteen lanes of Gen four is double the bandwidth of, of sixteen lanes of Gen three. Hmm. And if you had a if you're running Gen four eight lanes, basically the same as a sixteen lane Gen three. And honestly, uh... with this part, probably didn't make any difference. But it sounds like they're <laughs> they're right 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 on the Right on the bubble there, so there, there, it's going to suck for some. There, there could be a good reason to make that decision. Like if you're using half as many PCIe lanes, that leaves those lanes free, so you could put more SSDs and stuff in there in a PCIe four system. So it is a bit of a counter counterbalance there. There are pros and cons to it, but it's obviously a con if you have a PCIe three system. I'm I'm just confused by it because I mean, I mean maybe it's just a practical business decision. Maybe that, but you know, you, you would think on the the die, the, the lanes would, would would be the same, but it kind of makes me wonder if this is repurposed from something else or something, and it's just simply that we only did a lanes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's. Uh, although I, I have a question though, Brad, would that mean it would have been better if I bought a Rocket Lake with Gen Four or a Comet Lake with Gen Three? Because <laughs> everybody yeah. told me I shouldn't buy Rocket Lake. Who <laughs> cares about Gen Four? Uh, you always want you, you, want, you always want the latest and greatest, Gordon. Uh, I got another question from uh, Adrian Foray. Mm-hmm. Said, uh, "Isn't this going to stifle game development since companies will not push the graphics quality in games forward because of the decline in high slash mid? Uh, <clears throat> sorry, high slash mid end GPU users. I think it's really low end. That's what they meant. That's a good question, but I don't think that will occur." One, as Gordon was just saying, PC uh, PC gaming is more popular than ever despite these crazy hardware prices that we have right now. Uh, two, we've seen you know insane price cycles in the past thanks to Bitcoin and stuff like that, and that didn't kill you know development of games and game technology. And three, I think a lot of the baseline, like the baseline for modern video games, is always the consoles because consoles have huge install bases. And we have the new generation of consoles with SSDs and modern CPUs in them. And I think that will drive 
development game development forward much more than worrying about the price of a 1080p graphics card. Yeah, I also would say that I don't think game developers need any reason to stifle the PC if they they feel like it. They mm. they do really well when you have the best things in the world available for everybody at extremely low prices. They're really good at not taking advantage of it. So I don't I don't think this I don't think this on balance changes anything. So you can't blame this for it. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Dennis Siberian had a question over on Discord. Uh, are, is the two hundred dollar GPU dead? Right now, I hope not for good. Uh, again, I'm worried that we'll never see a card like the RX 480 and GTX 1060 again. Because even before all these issues, like I said, we saw Turin price creep up, and now we're seeing Radeon match those Turin prices. So we'll see. I, I think there will still be $200 graphics cards in the future, but there will probably be ones you probably would have spent $100 for in the past. Uh, well, another follow-up question to this one, uh, Great Mighty Daddy, uh, interesting name over on Discord, said, uh, is there any news on an entry-level RDNA 2 slash 3 or amp- Ampere slash at a Lovelace entry-level desktop GPU on the horizon, specifically one that does not require PCIe power and can run solely off the slot? Nothing that I've heard. I mean, uh, NVIDIA already rolled out a 3050 Ti, and maybe a th- yeah, and a 3050 for laptops. So... When those come to desktops, the 3050 might not require a power connector. Typically, those 50-class cards don't. But again, the classes mean a lot different. They're, what those class names mean are a lot different now than they have been in the past, so we'll see. But the 3050 is probably your best hope if the world gets in a state in a place where NVIDIA even bothers to launch it. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I do want to add that I, I think $200 graphics cards aren't dead. They're just on a really really long pause so <laughs> i think you could say the same thing about cpus but cpu supplies are great you can go out and buy 5950x all day now at msrp so it just takes a while and hopefully it'll happen yeah. within 12 to 24 months you know um for a friend of the show uh hardo cp tv uh says uh, uh say hello to your new apus that's the new low end. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? That's your $200 GPU. Right. Um, another good one. Uh, CauseMC says, uh, what are your thoughts on the whole bandwidth slash cache thing for the 6600 6, XT for 1440p gaming once direct storage is enabled? Will that make things better? Uh, it is 100 percent going to depend on the technicalities of how direct storage works i don't want to like jump to any sort of conclusions there uh i think it may help but i doubt that it would fully alleviate the fact that it has a 128-bit bus for 1440p gaming Infinity Cache is great. The idea of using, you know, Infinity Cache to put be able to put smaller buses on there so that you can drive clocks higher, you can use less power. Like one good thing that I forgot to mention is that this card is like insanely power efficient. It has, offers great performance per watt. It's way better than the 3060. It ha- it draws less power than the 3060 despite being you know, noticeably, tangibly faster than the 3060. So AMD's doing a lot of really good stuff with RDNA too. So and Infinity Cache, you know, is a big part of that. That helps enable all that. That was a bit of a tangent. I forgot where I start. But, <laughs> no yeah. worries. 
and Cause MC has a has a nice question for you, Gordon. It says looking at the entry level hardware, would you now buy a console yet, Gordon? No, it's just because consoles don't. I don't. I don't roll with consoles. It's just not my. It's not my thing. It's just I like. It's just I. I'm for me. It's it's about the style of games that I play. The the way I play. I don't. Uh, I'm not into mobile gaming. Is the biggest thing in the world. It's free. I'm not going to do it. I'm not into tablet gaming. I'm not into portable console gaming. Although the Switch, uh, the uh, the the Steam. God, Steam deck. Switch. Steam Deck looks very <laughs> impressive. I will tell you, even though it's PC gaming, it's not just not a style of, of thing I, I frankly care that much about right now. So I, I don't see it happening. And it's just simply, it's like it's like trying to convince somebody to switch from Mac to PC or PC to Mac. It's just like if you're if that's your your jam, ain't nothing going to get you to move. You know, it's just it's <laughs> and for just, and for for people like that, like for people like you, like again, I'm going to go back to what's like a meme for me at this point, but you know, really, you know, it's really great that GeForce now exists. Cause if you're one of those people who are like, I am only interested in PC gaming and your RX 480 bites the dust. Cause it's five years old. You have no chance of getting a graphics card today. Achievement Fortunately, unlocked. there's stuff like GeForce, GeForce now. Mentioned. <laughs> uh, I keep, I keep mentioning it because that is like, like, I've told friends of mine, like, go play GeForce now. Like, get that. I mean, try, if you need to, get a new router. Like, your router, can you can get a much faster router for 70 bucks. That's a lot cheaper than what you will spend on a new graphics card. Uh, and maybe just have that hold you over, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing to do, then, is to basically to, to build a box with all the RGB uh, integrated <laughs> graphics. Doesn't matter, you don't even need the APU. And then load GeForce Experience or GeForce Now on there. God, that's an old reference. <laughs> And then you tell your kid, because as long as it has RGB in the fans, this is only little kids, you can fool them. So that's, <laughs> you ever seen that one where they fool the kid, they think the kid is drinking a soda, but he's actually drinking water that they hid behind it or something like that? Uh, no, but I, I can see that. No. Yeah. Um, so uh, another question for you, Gordon, uh, Borizzi or ass. When the, ten, when the 2080 came out, which was a 1080 Ti, but more expensive, Gordon gave it a green light. Is the 6600 XT uh, Gordon's new uh, GPU champ? If you could buy it for the actual price, it's expected. You know, then yeah, sure. Why? I mean, it. We live in a world where you could buy anything you can buy at MSRP that's graphics related. You should buy. And anybody telling people mm -hmm. not to buy this, and you're angry, and I'm on Reddit, don't buy it. You frankly are doing those people, I think, a disservice, in my opinion. It's very much like when 2080 came out, we can go back, rewind the tape, and watch the arguing 2080 versus 1080 Ti. People, you know, they really were absolutely sure that you should do a 1080 Ti and over a, a 2080. I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to put 200 extra bucks into this thing and I'm going to get future, you know, it's, it's future looking. So the features are now here. 1080 is getting older. 2080 is looking better, frankly. That's, I think, I think everybody would agree that DLSS, you have a little more ray tracing come out, but DLSS is a big deal. A lot of the new features are supported in the newer cores, not supported on older cores. And, and fundamentally is because you never want to buy, in my book, unless it's an awesome deal, 1080 Ti for $450, $500. That was great. It wasn't that for everybody. I just generally don't want to pay MSRP 
for two-year-old technology. That just kills me. And it's like if you could buy a 5700 XT over a 6600 XT, I, you know, I'm going to say I'd probably go for a 6600 XT if the prices are the same because... If you play a 1080p. If you play a 1080p, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. And, you know, the prices are weird, but I mean, I, I just... I'd go with the 3060 Ti, though. Right? See, yeah, to me, 20, that's 20 the... Yeah. That is you shaping up it. to be the, the star of this generation for both sides, the 3060 Ti. Uh, even the miners love it, which sucks, mm. uh, but that's really like nailing the sweet spot for me. The 3060 Ti is going to go down as the one to get this generation, I think. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. There's, uh, we, we went on longer than I thought it would, but obviously it's a larger discussion than just one single <laughs> GP review. Uh, you know what? We get this question every time, but I, I thought I might as well ask it just to finish it out before we move on. Brad, why even review this card right now if everything's just so foobar? Uh, because these cards will be available out in the world. Yes, they're very hard to get. Yes, they cost too much. Yes, people are going to be able to buy them and will be buying them. And as much information that you have to know about these pricey four, five, six hundred dollar purchases that you're making, the better. And so getting this information out there in the world lets people be more informed buyers when they do get the shot. So it's worth doing. Okay. You, I, I do have a question though, Brad. Is it worth going from a 1060 class RX 580, you know, vintage mm-hmm. card to the 6600 XT? Do you think that'd probably be worth? It? If you can get it, say, for a, a lower like 380, whatever, not the 500 dollar uh, price. It would be substantially faster. It would have ray tracing. It would support all the latest features. So it would be a noticeable upgrade. Uh, that said, you're going from a card you spent 200 to 250 dollars for to something that is now 400 dollars and uh, still only a 1080p gaming card. So you're not necessarily changing your experience. You're not going from excellent 1080p to making the jump to 1440p. You're just having what's now okay 1080p to making it very fast and good looking still 1080p. I mean, and that's, so, that's and if you want the frames, go for it. And that is a that's a reasonable upgrade for somebody who a 1060 is starting to feel old, especially if they had a three gig version or a 580 is definitely yep. filled well, three gig version creaky yeah, you, at that point. Oh. You just, it's, I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it sucks. It's marked up now, but that's that's what happens. Markets move. You know, you kind of wish you bought ten houses in the Bay Area fifty years ago too. But what are you going to do? <laughs> just bellyache about that for twenty five years? Oh yeah, actually you can. So well uh, it, it does it does kind of grind my gears though how both NVIDIA and AMD keep comparing this card against the ten sixty because the ten sixty is the most played card on the Steam hardware survey. It kicked butt two hundred and sixty bucks, right? It, it, it still kicks it was butt. an excellent TAP. It still kicks butt. You can still play games on it very well. Yeah. And they're sticking to the sixty class naming convention to compare these against the 1060, even though the pricing is now up where 70 class used to be. Yeah, so but that's... I, it's marketing, but I, I still think it's a bit disingenuous. I, I you know, I, I just, I think that to me, I'm fine with it because it's, it, it, it ain't when the 1060 came out. I mean, to me, sometimes I think a lot of the reaction, a lot of the reviews that are so over, I think they're overly negative. You have to pick the current conditions. It's a terrible situation. And then you're just going to sit there and, and whine about it. And to me, it's just like, what are you going to do? It's sort of you, you divorce. 
you just you should divorce the hardware from the pricing because who knows what the hell that's going to be. I just is it a value? Is it is it a good upgrade over a 1060? And you could take that 1060, sell it for 250 on eBay. Now you're paying an additional 250 for your new card. You're getting an upgraded mm-hmm. performance. I I think that's yeah. It sucks that it's not lower in price, but I don't know. It just feels like sometimes people are just yeah. It's it's it stinks. It stinks for everybody. It's a it's a bummer, but. You know, um, yeah. uh, 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 Doctor Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, in the chat says, "Gordon, who of us could have purchased a Bay Area house uh, fifty years ago? Which of us is over 50? Well, I I would not have been able to because I don't think <laughs> you have to be of legal age to be able to do it. But I just think it's sometimes I just think like, yeah, some you wish you got in low. I I wished I bought Amazon when it was ten dollars a share, right? So I mean." It just it, to me sometimes I just feel like yeah that's yeah, to me like talking about the value of say a, a high flying stock Apple Amazon Microsoft and then to just say like well it used to be five dollars for a share like I you should have bought it then or you know and I'm gonna buy it when it goes back to that okay good because we'll have to wait for the sun to explode before it goes back <laughs> I, I just sometimes I don't know what that really services sometimes I I get it I get it it sucks yeah it sucks but. You know, it's it's just a terrible situation. I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just me. Well, you know what else yeah. could be a terrible situation, Gordon? Oh, good is thing the, Ian's here. Is the thermal, uh, uh, maybe the, th- the the new thermals on uh, DDR5 could be heating things up, could be a problem for cooling. Yeah. What's going on here, Gordon? So this goes back to a video. Go to Corsair's website, uh, or a YouTube channel, good channel. Uh, you can see George there. Man. George has got that mane now. It's like mm-hmm. looking like a superhero with that mane. Um, <laughs> that's hair. So, uh, basically, one of the things George uh, Macris from Corsair said, uh, also uh, PM for memory, they were talking about DDR5, the transition for DDR5 that's coming up. Uh, he said, like, uh, you know, hey, we Corsair basically has patents on DHX where they they basically are, have designed it years ago to help wick heat out of the out of the the PCB into the into the, the fancy heat spreaders in the top of the, the module. And he said that, um, you know, I should have written this down to quote. I think people are sort of, of course, internet being the internet, um, blowing up a little bit. He says, yeah, you know, so with DDR5, the voltage regulation moves from the motherboard into the module. This has been well known. And it could could potentially increase the thermals on a module, right, more. Makes and sense. Of course, people then said, oh, my God, you know, DDR5 is going to be, you're going to need to, you know, water cool your DDR5, you know. Which there are cool, there are kits out there. And they've <laughs> had that for DDR, for God's sake. And and it's just something people will water cool anything. They'll water cool your keyboard because it's cool to see water <laughs> cooled. Yes, I know it's liquid, whatever, it's water. It's 99% water, right? Yeah. But I think people sort of blew up the fact that, oh, my God, DDR5 is going to be like a small sun inside your... I, I, he didn't say that. I I think people. He but he does say yeah. There, yeah. You you move the voltage regulator onto the PCB. It could get hotter. So um, that's a statement of fact. It is a statement <laughs> of fact, and he doesn't say like, oh my god, you're gonna want our stuff because it's so much better because we you know we handled this years ago. He didn't even say that, but he did say like. Well, yeah, we've got the technology, it keeps it cooler. Yeah, they did talk about their technology, their you know, yeah. their, their systems for keeping it cool. But, yeah, but he didn't definitively say like, oh, these DDR5 modules, you're going to need our full, you know, custom liquid cooling to to keep. So, but it it will get hotter, no no uh, 
I I would not be surprised because now you have you know you have the voltage regulators in the module, so it'll get cooler or it'll get hotter. So how hot it will get, I think, will depend obviously on the module, the design. Like, um, but I there's I I do think there's a little bit of an overreaction to the fact that it will get hotter. You're going to hope that the module makers are going to you know, do their homework and make sure, oh, these things don't overheat, you know, and, and it can potentially cause problems if you heat up modules too much. Although I, I would argue, cause you know, when Adam, when you mentioned this, I was saying, oh, well, DDR5 will get, will will actually run harder than previous versions. I'm like, oh, that's good because I, <laughs> I've always felt for a long time that the, all the, the fancification of modules, this is like, it felt a little excessive sometimes, and I know a lot of it's just for pieces of flair because people want their modules to look cool. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if necessarily heat was so out of control that it was an issue for all consumers, especially the ones you know running the ones without any heat spreaders, right? So, yep. Although I, I think the thing that's kind of missed, and this is really good. Uh, I don't Ian here. Doctor Ian Cutchers is in the in the chat, but he he does, and he he has some. He has some thoughts on this. So. He has an excellent article, Insights into DDR5 Subtimings over in Anontech, where he also works. Go read that. I encourage you to, because really great stuff over latency and clocks and all that stuff. But there's a line that I thought was really interesting. Is like He points out that, so module makers, for essentially, they you know they bin out the chips. They, they solder them to a module. They sell them to you. Fairly commodity. Yeah, there's differences in how they bend them and all that stuff, and you get to really, really high-screen modules that are super fast, super low latency. But they've been, for a lot of the part, just very commodity. Didn't really make that much difference, especially if you're going to run pretty pretty loose timings and lower clocks. But now that you move the voltage regulator into the module, now it comes like, oh, our special sauce matters a little more now because we're cooling it better. So you couldn't really... It didn't really make a difference that much, whether it was Corsair or Guile or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it did, but not as much. But it'll be interesting if they can really differentiate themselves now, and especially for, you know, high-clocked or low-latency modules. And I also think the one thing that's kind of like, oh, I I didn't even think about this. Like, you know, you now have voltage regulator. You now have to deal with heat and all those enthusiast modules. They may get significantly more expensive. I think that's the one thing that I didn't hear said. So I kind of wonder if it's going to get pricier for DDR5 modules when they come out. Yep. Yep. I agree with all of that. <laughs> Especially because, you know, DDR5, it's whenever there's a new DDR generation that comes out, the first modules are always more expensive. Yeah. And I'm willing to see, waiting to see how long that'll stick because I, I actually have the same thoughts that you have surrounding all this. Yeah, and I'd love to hear what Ian has to say because Ian knows what he's talking about. Again, go read insights into DDR5 subtomics and on tech. Uh, so yeah, his uh, his notes uh, are um, that standard DDR memory slots. Uh, his notes, as in Dr. Ian Cutrus, Tech Tech Potato, says uh, standard DDR memory slots are rated for 18 watts. This has been the case for DDR3, 4, 5, maxing a few watts. Uh, the only thing that went 18 watts high is Optane DCPMM first gen. Just make sure that you have su- sufficient airflow in, in the case. We'll make you pay more attention to what CPU cooler you use. 
Perhaps the socket should be rotated to ensure front-to-back cooling and streamline the memory. Mm. I know you're a fan of that. I agree with you, Ian. I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, one of the problems with RAM is it acts like this gigantic sail. So you have the airflow. This is a Gamer's Nexus reference. Airflow from front of case comes in case, smashes into your gigantic, big-ass memory module that you just thought was cool because it was bigger. Mm-hmm. So now you have this great big impediment to your memory or uh, airflow in your case why don't we uh, besides rotating the cpu in we take the memory and we rotate it so it goes with the airflow so now the air from the front of your gamers nexus case comes in mm-hmm. flows over the module uh, aiding the cooling to it out the back of the machine and you know while we're doing that let's take the southbridge chip which is all the way down here on your motherboard and then all of the wires from that run up through your motherboard make this journey up to the, the ports in the back. Why don't we take that Southbridge chip and move it up closer to the back? Because that's where the I.O. goes. You're not going to the front. Why in the hell? What do you think? This sounds like it's been done before. No, never been done oh, before. I think it'd be great before. to we should do a new, a new standard like that. Yeah. We rotate the memory. We move the, the PCH up closer to the back. I, I think everybody if, would and- be behind that. You've got to buy a new case. But, you know. No, I don't want to get rid of my case. I love my case. I think that most likely chance of that happening anytime soon comes from Apple. Mm. Like with that funky custom, you know, board they made with the Mac Pro. Yeah. Those are all genius yeah. thoughts, though. You know what occurs to me? There's really no reason you can't. Well, I guess because of the keypad zones. But I was reading the ATX spec, and it really doesn't. It's pretty damn loose, but people just do the same things. They always put the they put the audio chip down the lower left where Intel has recommended. They put everything where Intel's recommended. Can't we just redesign it and move it around? And I, uh, Ian, Doctor Ian Cutris says uh, we should just go to DDR stacked vertically on a single daughter board. Uh, DDR is trash. Open Cappy memory interface OMI is the future. Yes, for consumers. <laughs> I no, I, I so, but back to DDR5. I, I think actually the other thing I want to bring out uh, is they they didn't say, but of course it's like oh, and you'll have DDR5 by the by the end of this year, later this year. It's already August, but but clearly, again, you know, more proof that they think it's going to come out. If the vendors are talking about it, we will definitely be getting DDR5 uh, memory controllers coming out. So clearly. Alder Lake is is going to come out this year, so hmm. not like it's delayed or something. Mm. Maybe oh, I don't think. I guess we wouldn't expect a new Zen Zen part with it. That'll be next I year, wouldn't. I think, officially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, CES reveal. That's my guess. Just like they've been doing. I think we're going to see the V cache, though, right? They talk about V cache. They're going to oh, want yeah. something. Yeah. They're going to want. They're going to want. You know, it's about it. Modern marketing is about raining on other people's parades, so they're going to want to <laughs> yep. try to rain on Alder Lake, depending on wh- where that falls in. So, and it will be, you know. And I, you know, I, I've done this. I've been on this merry-go-round enough. I will say that people will like, oh, DDR5 is not worth it at all. Look at this. The latency is too bad. It's just it's so expensive. With with Zen with the Vcash, you. And those really high clock DDR four uh, modules, it's so much better. DDR five sucks is what the, <laughs> the the narrative will come out at for about I don't know a couple months. You think? <laughs> no, nobody Too agrees. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. People will complain <laughs> about the expense, <laughs> right. but it's always yeah. been expensive. That's the other thing too. Is like it's <laughs> always it's always been expensive. So. Uh, <clears throat> 
Also, uh, somebody in the chat points out that, uh, you know, I'm just going to say their name as it's written. Ah, why is there poop in my mouth? That's <laughs> their name. Uh, it said, uh, it sucks Fair at DVD. Yeah. That's, not a, that's not a handle that was taken by most people. <laughs> it, says, uh, it sucks that DDR technology is not backwards compatible. Why is it not backwards compatible, Gordon? Oh, yeah, because it's a conspiracy to make you buy stuff. Ah, DDR5, in fact, is the same as DDR4, which is the same as DDR. Just hot. They just added a number to it. Ah. No, I'm, I'm making that up, obviously, if you're, if you're buying into this. It's just because it's, it's, it's newer. There, there are quite a bit of differences. Again, you have the voltage regulator inside. Uh, there is onboard internal ECC. There's sub channels with it now. Uh, also, you're gonna you're going to go from what max of 32 gigs for a module to a max of 128 gigs, I guess. So it'll it'll get it, it'll get pretty big, right? So I would not expect it to be the same. But memory transitions are always painful. Is the one thing I've learned is they're always painful with pricing and their overlap with performance. I still think uh, when we had Ian on, he felt that Intel is against letting people making combo boards. I kind of think they need to let people make combo boards because it, it would help. It would help the transition in a lot of ways because people would feel comfortable later on going to DDR5, even though it may make 0% sense and actually may hurt your performance. But the more people you can get to embrace a new memory standard means you sell more of it, which means it brings the prices down, which means it becomes normal faster for everybody uh also we we have a question from dave weldon well he asked this to uh dr ian cutris but i'm asking it here uh why does uh this stuff need to keep getting hotter shouldn't the industry be aiming to reduce power use and heat well you're simply relocating the the, the heat if you think about it because the voltage regulators that were on the motherboard go into the module so I'm kind of interested to whether that sort of aids the whole argument for ATX12VO too, because ATX12VO, uh, as you, if you don't know, is Intel's new spec to eliminate the three, three, and five volt rails, and part of that because motherboards still need five, five, and and, and five and three, three voltage is to put that on the motherboard. So instead of being in the power supply. And using up more efficiency in idle, you now move it into the motherboard. And if it's not even like it's like everybody wants to pass the buck around, like oh, well, you know what? We'll let the memory we'll let the memory modules handle the the regulation because now we don't have to do it. We don't have to pay for that part. It's their problem. It's not our problem. So, uh, also yep. uh, James Pryor's in the chat says, um, James, I still got that cuppy game. You know, <laughs> said uh, lower power is not the same as lower heat. Yeah, that's true too. So, uh, yeah, so I, I guess we'll see. Uh, somebody else in the chat, where where to go? Uh, Muhammad uh, Abdur uh, is asking, uh, how many months do we have to wait to build a PC with DDR5? What do you think? This year? Well, I, I'm sh Alder Lake will be a go with it. So, I mean, definitely already this year, and the fact that Corsair and other vendors have introduced modules and they're talking about it and they're still saying it's on schedule. So the question is, when will Intel go with Alder Lake launch? I have no idea, but you know, typically that's you know holiday. So I would think 
I don't know, you know, because you know, it is very hard for everybody to get all the, they have to make sure that everything works, which is simply harder to do today because everybody's, not everybody's back in their cubicle. So what's a good time to launch this? I mean, would you really push it to, you can't say it's launched if it's CES. So that doesn't count. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, they've done ones in the past in the September, October kind of time frame. And yeah. then had limited availability of stock for a couple of months. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case here. Yeah, because November's think, too late. Yeah, it's too late. September September feels like a good month to do it. Late September, early October, maybe. I'm with you on yeah. that. So, yeah, I would say you will see people with review parts, hopefully by then. And then whether you can build those or not just depends on how much money you have. Because I, I, potentially you might be able to get the parts. So It'll be sweet if they double dip. And the Z desktop graphics cards indeed come out around the same time in big October blitz or something Ooh, like that. That'd be a big fall. Yeah. No, really. I mean, you, you just kind of, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to XE graphics just because I just, because it's different, right? We sort of like green punch red, red punch green, back and forth, back and forth. And then now we sort of have blue added to punching people or they're, they're both kind of, like a three-way punching match, so that'll be. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that because we could use a shakeup, right? I mean, Royal Rumble. I mean, it's funny because I know people are like, think I'm upset about M1, but I, I think M1's awesome because it's just it just makes things interesting. It gets pretty boring sometimes, right? So competition is good, and one competitor doing better pushes all competitors to do better. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Dr. Ian Cutris, uh, his prediction, November paper launch with K SKUs available December, March with the rest of the stack. That sounds, that sounds right. A uh, couple yeah. questions. Um, Total Shodden is asking, do you think DDR5 will help IGP slash APU performance? Very, it should. Faster, yeah. I think it's just, it's one of those things where I think, I think there's a, a really odd disconnect with how people use and the customer intended customers for IGP APU is if you're going to run, uh, <laughs> if you're going to run a system and then, oh, I'm going to get a big bonus out of the DDR5. Like you are basically buying to your premium platform, bleeding edge launch, and you're going to run integrated graphics. I, I just don't think it makes any sense. You would want, the, you know, a, a better performing discrete graphics. So I, I, yeah, I would think it would help. Uh, I would expect it to. At the same time, that makes zero sense for most people. So it, it would be more practical in due time. Hopefully, like anytime soon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, another one from uh, Pedro Acura said: uh, Any reason why the console seems to have uh, DDR5 RAM first? The PC, in those terms, isn't always is. Uh, it's always a step backward, like the early consoles already having DDR5. Uh, I honestly didn't pay too close attention to the consoles, but generally it's perfectly fine if you don't have to worry about it. It's, again, it's the old go to lunch with everybody, with all your coworkers. You, you, like, you sit around and you talk about it for 50 minutes, and then lunch is almost over because nobody can make a decision on <laughs> what fast food restaurant to go to for lunch. If you just simply say, hey, I'm going to McDonald's, the rest of y'all can, well, I don't care what you do, you have McDonald's, you eat it. Uh, Sony and Microsoft 
they can in Apple, frankly, same the same reason that Apple's done so well, they can be out of spec if they want. You know, oftentimes Apple will introduce something and they're like, oh, you're still working on the, the rule by committee and more meetings and stuff. We're just going to do it and market it already and, and beat you to marketing with it. They don't have to worry about it. Oh, you actually are using this memory that's is not really going to, you know, going to work. Uh, who cares? Because we basically we go to Micron or Samsung or whoever buying the modules for it. And we just say we want this part for the next five years at this price for this many pieces. Doesn't also, matter. also uh, it's not apples to oranges because actually the newest consoles are on ddr6 but that's because you know it's it's different it's not the same kind i thought of it was gddr6 isn't it yeah yeah, yeah 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 so it's you know it's not the same thing as as what we have on the pc side yeah so i mean they it's, it's they, different it's, it's a closed system that they don't really care about um meeting industry standards and frankly it's better for them too because to to do it their way is is better for the way they do it as long as you want to buy one piece of hardware forever yep okay uh i guess we will continue to to watch this uh and yeah uh actually in our in our weekly news roundup last at the end of last or no i guess it was sunday now uh keith had a nice little roundup on this too and the, the, that's where the the link is for the the course video. you should go watch that anyway uh you want to get to some questions sure all right then i will switch over to the questions uh if you want to get your question in tag me in the chat right now or uh if you're watching this after the fact or listening after the fact go over to our discord we have a full full nerd question channel in there you can drop it in anytime and hopefully i'll read it on the show uh so we got a 30 dollars super chat a little bit ago from mike quinton thank you so much for the 30 dollars i really appreciate it uh said with tpm 2.0 do i still need malware protection software in inside their operating system uh, no, you don't. You don't need anything. In fact, it's the most secure operating system ever. You don't need any kind of anti-malware scanning. Oh wait, that's the other product that it pretends to tell you. Yes, you will continue to need security. Is I, th- I think this the saying security experts say is security is not a product. It is it is a process. So yes, <laughs> you will. Even though you have TPM and and you have all the memory isolation and core isolation and secure boot and all this stuff. They will always, somebody will always be trying to take advantage of it. So you should do everything you can to mitigate those odds as much as possible. And, you know, you know, running, uh, frankly, Microsoft's onboard stuff is been really good. The free stuff is really good, but you will continue to need, you know, other measures. You can't just simply go, Oh, it's all safe inside my my walled prison and it's n- nothing can hurt me that's never going to happen well and it's about I, having layers the more layers better yep and and what tpm protects against is different than what malware protects against on the software side so when we're talking about layers we're saying hey there's there's different kinds of of attacks there's different ways to protect it tpm 2.0 does not be the end all or the, the be all end all it's just one one part of the chain that should be secure so uh okay another question from uh, the os maxwell uh any ryzen 6000 cpus planned for 2021 q4 or 2022 i'm sure 2022 yeah and i still Not, think- i'm sure i don't think we're gonna see him q4 this year unless you're talking about the fiscal year which is different but do you think though that I mean, do you think they're going to do the V cache versions of of uh, Zen three this year? I think they will. 
I think that'll be the Elder League counterpunch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at a, at a, at a DK says, uh, does Intel's next gen, um, I'm not going to call it big little, I'm going to call it hybrid architecture. Uh, have it, uh, will, ha- will it have as many struggles as most new architectures have had in the past? How much do you think they're going to struggle with that, Gordon? Yeah, no, it, it just, it, it'll be a change, right? You're, it looks like you'll need Windows 11 to fully exploit it. And I, I think, yeah, there will be there will be teething pains, as as there always is. So, how much that is, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I think everybody thinks like you sort of like they start building something. This would be a great discussion to have with Ian one day. People sort of think like they build something, and then like, oh, oh, they zigged. We need to zag. They can make immediate changes, and a lot of times, especially looking at like the Rocket Lake launch. They launched that in a vacuum. They had no idea. You sort of like it, it goes up into space, sort of comes back into a different world, just like uh, Planet of the Apes. And you can't really, there's really not that much they can do. So um, the long, the long, the short answer is, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure there will be weaknesses to it. So. I don't, I agree a hundred percent. There will be teeth and pains. There always are. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Windows 11 looks like it's added in a bunch of support for it. And Windows actually, you know, they support ARM chips. Like, they've since, Win- since Windows RT, they've, Microsoft's been working on it. So between Microsoft working on it on, you know, the software front and Intel's obviously been working on it on its front, hopefully uh, they won't be too bad. But I totally expect there will be at least some, especially if you're still on Windows 10. Yeah. Uh, here's a question where we're Gordon and I are going to talk about a little bit later in a separate video uh, from J Star Productions. Wouldn't the 5800X be a better gaming CPU versus the 5900X since it's a single CCX, meaning lower memory latency? Gordon, I think. Uh, well, I mean, in theory, you would think it would be, but you know, this is the thing that AMD has has talked about as well. It's like, well. No, actually, you would think it would be, and maybe there are a few things where it is better, but they look, they've they looked at enough of it to... to the, the clocks, uh, the core count, where the cache is enough to make it still faster than a 5800X. And they same thing, like they said, like 5950X. Those, those, you would think like, wow, you know, more cores, maybe it's slower, but it was actually faster because, you know, it got the best clocks. It was the best cores. It was a high spin part, so... Yeah, you would think that, but no, because they didn't market it in the same way. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like, technologically it makes sense, but sometimes people forget that the raw underlying technology and the actual product that is made using all the various technologies aren't always the same. So, like you're saying, they can compensate with binning and with more cash and stuff like that. So, that's just always something to keep in mind, because people get... You know, caught up in RDNA architecture and Ampere architecture, and that stuff does matter. But product decisions and technology decisions are not always totally buried. Okay, um, <clears throat> back to hybrid CPUs. Uh, Adrian Foray, that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, how will benchmarking change with hybrid CPUs? What What do you? <laughs> how are you going to change the way you you once again need to <laughs> review these CPUs? 
I I th- I think it shouldn't change that much for anybody. I whenever a vendor pushes like a certain aspect of something, it's you should explore it, but it should still be the same tools we already use, which is gaming and you know rendering, video encoding, all that stuff. So I think it shouldn't change that much. But a- as I think we talked about before, it does feel like it it could be like. You could almost see it. I know it's not. That's not how you design CPUs, but you could sort of see this as a cynical way to like let's win the Cinebench wars and three D rendering wars that every all reviewers are so overly focused on and everybody on Reddit, even though frankly most people don't aren't doing three D modeling. So if you're faster and sort of like the cool benchmarks, bigger bar better, then they should technically win. Then right? I mean, it should be. I if reviewers came out and they said like yeah alder likes faster than 5950x in cinebench but i don't care about cinebench nobody's doing 3d rendering i think that would be really wrong of people to do especially if they've like so overly fixated on it before but yeah clearly being better at a, a 3d rendering benchmark is not the most valuable thing in the world i i think i've said before to people who aren't doing it but you you can't just suddenly change things because, wow, you know, actually, you know, Alder Lake with this hybrid approach is actually better, right? You can't suddenly like, oh, I don't care about that. Hmm. I mean, I do wonder because, I mean, if you suddenly see, I guess the thing is I say that because I feel like I have been very fair in saying, yeah, 3D rendering is awesome with the core count that Ryzen has. And if that's what you do or you do these things where you need all those cores, this is like just awesome. But I just would hope people are not going to suddenly now now suddenly see the light that oh you know I I want higher clocks on on more cores and that's that's where it matters you know that that single lightly threaded thing I I just I don't know I don't think it should change for anybody and I would hope it wouldn't just because you know your your jersey and you when you that you've been arguing for that you're wearing if that changes and you now suddenly change your tune in Reddit that that would be wrong. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> friend of the show, Francois. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. How do you say it? Uh, I'm in, I'm going to mangle too. Bit uh, Pidnoel. 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 Sorry. Uh, said uh, big slash uh, or big little slash hybrid is dead in five years. That's their that's their guess. I yeah. I mean, it's possible, right? The five years is pretty long. I mean, maybe it's just that it goes nowhere. I'm I'm still frankly. I don't get it. You know, that's why I, when I sort of lean into like, it's a great, great way to get bigger bars better, you know, but I don't know. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe this is the, I I don't know. It's, it's well beyond me how it all plays out, but I, I don't understand it. So who knows? Okay. Uh, moving on. I got a good question for you, Brad. Um, this was actually brought up in our last PC build last month. Uh, Pedro Akura has an RTX 3070 uh, that requires two 8-pin connectors, but he's powering it off of one PCIe power connector, so it's one of those ones that has the two 8-pin attached to one cable. Is yep. uh, is he missing performance by going off of the same uh, cable, or should he do two separate 8-pin cables? You are not missing performance whatsoever. Uh, if you might lose, like, a frame... If that, uh, I've done a bunch of testing in the past on my own rig to 
validate that yes or no, just so I know whether or not to look out for that while testing GPUs. Uh, I think it was Jay, Jay's Two Cents, who actually did a whole video also doing that. So if you Google that, you can watch that and see his results. Uh, depending on the rating of your power supply, the thing I would be most worried about is the RTX 3070's power spikes, because remember that we were when the Ampere first came out, there was all the talk about how it has much higher peaks, like it'll hit a peak that's much higher every now and again. So with this generation, I've actually made a point of using two cables just so it goes to different rails and stuff. Uh, but if your card's holding out fine in that respect, you haven't seen any weird performance issues, like, no, you're good. It's not going to affect frame rates whatsoever. And 3070, I think, is low enough down the totem pole that the issues with the more power with the power spikes tended to be in the 3080 and 3090. So I think you're golden. Okay. They follow up and say they have a Seasonic uh, 640 watt 80 gold. So. Yeah. That's good power. Yeah. Should be good. Brand. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't sweat it. You can use that. That's why they exist. <laughs> Okay, uh, da, 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 da. here's uh, we'll uh, get a couple from Discord. Um, Dr. Ian Cutris is also on our Discord. Uh, put a comment in and said, Did Gordon slash Brad see that Intel is taking on some debt to fund Gelsinger's fab expansion plans? Any thoughts? How does Gordon think Pat reconciles Intel's own manufacturing with the need to remain competitive in end user chips by using TSMC? Uh, that was like, I mean, that was a huge, right? It was like a 60 billion dollar buy-in is that the one and they're they're saying it is going to be that this new fab will be the size of a city uh if you're talking about that one i think i think clearly the when you're the united states government and you are looking to own your own supply chains that uh, having a large uh, well-known entity that you've dealt with for a long time having uh fabs in the united states matter so i i think that's sort of an out you're seeing that basically happen. Uh, I, th I think it's probably, who knows, a pretty smart move for 10 years from now because it's people <laughs> people don't want to go through this whole supply chain thing again. So I, I think it's, it's, it's probably going to be a smart move in the end. Yeah, I agree. It's a good long-term thing. Uh, could be a lo good long-term thing. Well, I, I think, you, you know, they're obviously... Too. Yeah, the government looking into doing all that makes a big difference to getting those, you know, tax subsidies. Uh, also, they just, you know, they're using the foundry as their own business. So if they do want to be competitive with TSMC as a foundry business going forward, they're going to have to invest in the company. And Pat Gelsinger is, you know, he's from the old school Intel days. And, you know, he's saying all the right things in public. But I bet you... I would not be surprised if he has the, hey, man, we're Intel, we're going to put our engineers on it, we're going to put our minds to it, and we're going to be the best at this in five years. We're going to make a plan, and we're going to execute it. And I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of thinking plays into the idea of you know taking all that debt to improve the foundry business. Okay. Um, Liquid R uh, over on Discord says, or asks, Gordon's comment about the fabric uh, fan... Oh, man... Fan fanification of modules made me think: Do heat spreaders serve more than a function and aesthetic purpose? Do they serve an unintended psychological purpose uh, that makes them more approachable for consumers as a component? Yeah, I P 
people. <laughs> I mean, it has RGB. If it has RGB on yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> RGB works wonders. I mean, frankly, again, you could have an empty box running GeForce now, <laughs> as long as it had the RGB lights in there. That's all most kids care about, to be honest. And I know that it makes people angry or whatever, but I I can't take any joy away from those people. And that's why I'm. I sort of like half jokingly like, oh, DDR5 may actually, all the fancy heat sinks may actually do something now. The only thing they really did before it felt like, except for those extreme people on the extremes, is just make you feel better, right? Mm-hmm. And, but that's, that's worth it. You buy, do I really need a spoiler on a Honda Civic? I mean, yeah, maybe if I drop that Honda Civic off a cliff, that, that spoiler would make, actually act as an airfoil, but, People buy shoes because of a swoop on it. They buy clothes because of a certain color. They buy, you know, and that that that's how our society functions. So that's just people in general. I mean, it, if you have the option between a functional but ugly thing and a functional but pretty thing, most people are gonna, you know, buy a nice looking thing over something that doesn't look nice. Certain people, Brad. It depends. On, yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. Let's say. Uh, especially, you know, it doesn't add that much cost. So no, I was <laughs> going to say some people who are like, it doesn't matter. You could wear that worn out oversized t-shirt and it doesn't, what, what's it making matter? I'm, and my what, example man, is, is me. I don't care. <laughs> I need a heat spreader for my shirt. I am sweating through this thing on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, warbles. It's a, uh, it's the JPEG impression or <laughs> yeah, blocking block. <clears throat> anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, a couple more. Here we go uh, to follow up on that. Ran D N. I did not say it. Uh, looking at the past, Intel has done anti-competitive behavior against its competitors. Now we're hearing rumor that Intel will be using one of TMC's uh, best nodes to build some of its chips. The question is Intel really... Uh, need T- TSMC to build their chips, or are they only doing it to snatch Apple and AMD quota in this chip sh- shortage situation to limit their production? Uh, I think Intel, it's interesting that Intel has long been a, a bigger customer of TSMC than, I, again, so I'm not a nerd, I'm not a, a fab nerd, but but I think Intel has been a customer of TSMC, <laughs> a larger customer than AMD has been for a long time. I, and I do know your concerns because this takes capacity away from others, but I can tell you it's not going to hurt Apple because Apple could basically buy that part of the globe easily, like with, with the change it finds in its pockets. So it's not going to hurt Apple. I And, yeah, I people get a little too hung up on things were done decades ago that there was enforcement over. And I generally sort of feel like if unless you got some real charges right now, if you had a real charge, like if, you, if anyone actually in the industry had real allegations and they could go, they could call up uh, the people who enforce everything and there could be some hot water. So I think that's what you should do, not just simply say like, well, you know, you, you, KD went over the line in that one game, you know, so clearly that's something I'm going to hold against the Warriors for the next 40 years or something like that. It's just like, you know. That's a great scene too. If you ever see it, that this is in the finals. KD Kevin Durant has got the ball. It's like there's like whatever ten seconds left. He dribbles like I mean hell, he might as well like dribble up the stairs into the Coliseum. Got a hot dog, dribbled back down. It wasn't a foul. So <laughs> it's it's one of the the things that everybody brings up. So 
Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm sure if that happens, Intel would not be sad about it. Like, hey, we're paying more to get this capacity. Now you have less. Oh, that's great. But they would they're doing this because they feel that's the best move for them as a company right now. And if you're an Intel hater, I don't think it's really unfair or I don't think it's really fair for you to say, like, you know what? Intel should just have TSMC make their parts because you suck. You just suck. Oh, you're having TSMC make your parts? You're doing that to hurt them. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple more, then we'll get out of here. Uh, but first, uh, we have a, a comment from Master Procrastinator said, just wanted to say thanks to Brad, Gordon, and Elena. I'll tell her later. Uh, back in February, I asked for advice on a GPU upgrade, and I followed it to the letter. I stuck with my GTX 1070 and waited until I could buy one at MSRP, or a new one at MSRP. I joined a stock alert server and got lucky a few days ago, acted quickly when I got an alert, uh, and secured a new RTX 3080 uh, at MSRP. So, wow. Yeah. Yes. Boom. They do exist. <laughs> there we Excellent. Go. Way to go. Congratulations, man. That's going to be a heck of an upgrade. Have, have fun with that. Nice. Nice. Uh, and then we got a question in the chat from Adrian uh, Foray again. Uh, great questions today. Uh, how do you think EVGA's conversation went when they told uh, Jensen and NVIDIA that they were going to make AMD motherboards? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think NVIDIA would honestly care because that's that's just simply making a. AM4 motherboard, AMD and, Intel and NVIDIA actually work together on some of these things. Believe it or not, they, they do yep. talk to each other. So that's I don't see that's an issue. I'm sure Intel wasn't happy about it, but I think they understand the situation everybody's in right now because that, that's where the excitement is. It has been. So, yeah, I mean, you sometimes sometimes they the companies do this because they they want to try to twist out a better deal or something too, right? So. I, uh, like you said, AMD and NVIDIA work together. Like one of the first, first gen Ryzen demos I saw were on a GeForce system, not a Radeon system, because GeForce was the best, you know, graphics available at the time. They had no 6900 XT style things. So for, to show off Ryzen to the press, they were using GeForce cards. Uh, they're different divisions. They do different things. So. Okay. Now, if, if they start making Radeon graphics cards, yeah. yeah. That, would be, that would be a different conversation, I think. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, last one, friend of the show, uh, VC Chester, is asking, uh, there is a lot of hate for Molex connectors, but I remember a time when they were good. Am I just imagining things, uh, and are they, and they were always sloppy and a pain to connect? No, they were terrible. They were absolutely horrible. And then they were always so, like, for Molex, for people who don't remember, that's what you used to hook up your optical drive with. You had the two corners cut out. And then you'd have the four fingers that would that would be. And then they were everything. Every single Molex connector was always so poorly designed and, and implemented that, you know, a couple of fingers would be out of alignment. And you would jam the thing in. It would never fit. And then you'd have to go in there and try to straighten it out. I've actually shorted things out because it is actually possible to short things out with those things. It's just It was a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> I can't wait till they're all the way gone enough that I don't even get those connectors in the PSU boxes anymore. Like, every time I see those PSU boxes, I'm like, ah, this should be available as an option for me to buy soon. I, I get why they still include them, but I'm ready to be beyond it. Yeah, I think that they have to do it because if you don't have, you know, legacy support, 
that turns into, and if you have a lot of things, say, hey, we'll send you for free, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's fine. I'm returning to the store right now. And then they, they end up beating a return because people, they need it right now. Yeah. And they'll just return it and buy one that has it. So, and there's still yeah. a lot of people running optical drives and other things that hook up the Molex fans and the like. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, uh, that's it for today. Let's get out of here. I will say Ozo Rojo. I think if I'm saying it right, what does it take to become a friend of the show? Opens wallet. Well, you don't need to do that. You you are a friend of the show. Ozo Rojo, you are a friend of the show. Glad glad to have you here. <laughs> so uh, That's not true, Adam. I saw somebody true. put a super chat in there earlier, didn't even get read. What? Who? Oh, oh no. no. I have no idea who yeah, it is. I just saw it scroll up. They're, they're, the, the, the problem is they're they're not a uh, a friend of the show. Um No. But you know what? <laughs> that person definitely is not. I'm, I'm gonna read it anyway. They they just gave five dollars. That's, <laughs> that's it. Come on. No friend of mine. Associate of the show. Yeah, geez. Says uh it's from a, a Gordon Ung. Says <laughs> uh sucks. just just WTF is that belt four. Best covenant movie? <laughs> but that movie stunk. Uh no, this this belt is uh this is the full nerd I'm right belt. Adam, as of right now, Adam's right. What he are the goes, rules on that? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Who knows? I, well, are y'all are y'all gonna send it to me after I dominate the paper eating competition again? Yeah, just wondering. You know, just... so the the idea I will say uh the idea is that this belt will continue to to be passed around as we have uh discussions and and whatnot, so you know, like any true uh, pro wrestling, it, the, it, it'll be passed around. So all I have to do is go to Elena into saying Star Trek, the motion picture <laughs> is better than The Wrath of Gone. That's all I have to do. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think we, we have to have an honest discussion about, you know, what, what makes things better, what doesn't. Uh... <laughs> I guess I need to test 2080 versus 1080 Ti now then. There you go. Yeah. 2080 non-super. Yeah. I still... I, okay. Yeah. I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get out of here, Gordon. Ready so for lunch. Check back next week for your fix-up piece of talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners... Oh, boy. It is, I need some water. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. Also, if you're on one of the services, please leave a review. Every time you do, that belt gets passed to someone who really actually deserves it. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Radio show. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. I'm right. Bye. Prometheus.